Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, baseball fans here in Chicago and listening around the globe on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Live from the Hyundai Studios, this is Inside the Clubhouse. I am Barry Rosner, and out at Wrigley Field, that is Bruce Levine. We'll be with you until 10 o'clock today. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Barry. An early weather report from Wrigley Field has it a little drizzly with the tarp on the field, but uh, they think there'll be baseball today, and you'll hear it all certainly right here on 670, the score, and uh, Pat, Ron, and Zach will bring it home to you. Beginning, I believe, uh, what is our start time today? 12.45 pregame, as always, yes, right indeed. here. Yes, indeed. And by the way, Barry, uh, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, the best restaurant, bakery, and deli in Chicagoland for 33 years in Northbrook. Open seven days a week for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 4 to 9 p.m. dinners feature fresh whitefish salmon every day. Max and Benny's Catering. The Chicago and suburbs for all your personal fun events and business meetings. Contact John at MaxandBennies.com. The new party room can handle between 10 and 150 for any event at Max and Benny's. You can eat the best food and relax in public or private setting with your friends and family. Love you some Max and Benny's in Northbrook and uh, love you some Chicago-style baseball yesterday. Uh, kind of a mismatch indeed, Barry. It uh, was some some really ugly stuff yesterday. We'll get to that in just a moment. We should tell you that our producer, director, and engineer is Zach Withers. Rick Camp will be in all morning to handle the updates. We will have some guests for you throughout the show, as is always the case. What we know right now is Mike Montgomery should be with us at or about 930. The phone number is 312-644-6767. You can also join in at 67011 via the text zone on the score if you text us, you'll get a text back acknowledging your text. Standard message and data rates may apply. I am at Barry Rosner on Twitter. Bruce is at MLB Bruce Levine. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Yeah, Bruce, it was it was definitely a mismatch. I think um, you know, probably most people will be talking about Wilson Contreras coming out of that game yesterday. But for me, I think you know me, Bruce. I think you know what I'm going to want to talk about at least first, and that's Tyler Chatwood. As has been the case all year, you have to look at the Cubs starting pitching, and, uh, and you know, that's, that's where everything begins. That's where usually it ends. And yesterday, Tyler Chatwood, again, not particularly effective, even in a game, Bruce, in which he should have just cruised through uh, what should have been an easy outing. He had uh, five runs to work with right away. After uh, he he did throw a one, two, three, uh, first inning, and the first two innings he did very well. But uh, the walks have been difficult for him. You know, again, Barry, it's your your fifth starter. Uh, they went out and they paid him three years and thirty eight million dollars, and he is one of the most difficult to hit in baseball. The problem is, is that he leads all starting pitchers in walks, bases on balls have been a problem for him. The ball has tremendous movement sometimes. He and the catcher, in this case uh, Contreras, 
not knowing where the ball's going from time to time uh, because of so much movement. And it's uh, it's kind of interesting because of the fact that he is one of the most difficult guys to hit. Uh, he has tremendous stuff, but the uh, command of the ball is not always there, and that's what, what gets him in trouble. He walked more than four twice last year in 25 starts. It's happened five times this year in seven starts, including walking guys like Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu yesterday who are <laughs> – would you say those are pretty hard guys to walk, Bruce? Almost impossible. And then Adam Engel, um, he ends up walking five on the day yesterday, but particularly disturbing to me, and you you tell me if I'm being unfair, Bruce, you, you've got a 5 nothing lead, and you start the top of the third with a walk to, to Matt Davidson, a walk to Tim Anderson. He's very fortunate that Santiago bunts through a pitch and Contreras with a brilliant throw to pick off Davidson, who I... Who, Allegedly picked off. Oh, okay, fine. If it, it was very close. But, you know, if you notice Davidson, and I'll digress for a moment, you notice Davidson hesitate a little bit on that one and did not get did not get back to the bag immediately, which is something I'm sure Rick Renneria talked to him about. But my point is this, Bruce. You've got a 5 nothing lead. What, you know, you got to throw strikes. Sounds easy, doesn't it? It does, Barry. Uh, unfortunately... His stuff, his ball moves, and this is not an excuse for him, but his his ball moves so much that he's he's hard to he's hard to hit and he's hard to catch uh, because of all, all the great movement on his ball. He you know he talked a little bit in the post game about some concerns about having you know difficulty finding home plate, but uh, you, you know from from the perspective of uh, a game where he had so much run production ahead of him, mm-hmm. only get five innings was very tough, and it was a subtly very tough uh, game for Joe Madden to manage because you had to manage four innings of a bullpen that you didn't want to use, okay? And, I'm, and, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, that's, I'm, that, that's I'm, the devastating part. Yeah, it, I'm with you. You're, you've got a blowout game. You need this guy to go deep and just cruise. It's easy, right? You're facing a terrible team, right? You're facing a terrible team. Just cruise through this one. you got a huge lead. Instead, you, you you issue those walks, like I said, in the top of the third. Once again, in the fifth, you've got a 6-1 lead. And with one out, you walk pinch hitter Adam Engel on a 3-2 pitch. It's you good. know, in a different era, Barry, he yeah. would have still thrown seven innings. But it would have been 132 pitches. Yeah. You know, and now you hit 100 and it's, you know, the bells and whistles go off and you're done. He hit his 100 pitches uh, in five innings. And and that's it. You know, we're living in a world of 95 to 105 pitches. Uh, if you're extraordinary at what you do, like a Scherzer or like a uh, Clayton Kershaw, you might be able to throw 110 to 112, and they might allow you to stay out there. But that's it. That's the era. So so guys that had walk problems back in the day and still were getting people out and not giving up hits, they stayed in those ball games longer. This is an era where... Not not only do we uh, have the sensitivity of the of the uh, pitch count, but we have the bullpens that have eight people in them. Yeah, I just you know that's that's a bad look for me. You've got uh, you're you're facing a bad team. You've got a big lead. You got to throw strikes. You got to give the bullpen a day off. There's no reason for him to not go seven or eight innings yesterday. Let, and, let me throw this in. Yeah, uh, you're all. I, I'm with you on all of that. And Madden had to use relief pitchers he didn't want to use. But from the perspective of what we're looking at here, this is the, the Cubs' fifth starter, is it not? Well, that's that's you know what, 
I don't know, no matter how much money you spend, if, if that's your fifth starter, you're, gonna, you're still going to win an awful lot of games this year. You're, the, you're still going to no, win a lot. There's no question about that. And your perspective is valid. But to this point, guys have not pitched in the roles in which you think they're going to pitch in, at least not to this point. You're one being your one, you're two, you're two, those kinds of things. Right. You know, going into this week, I don't know that you could have looked at many of the five guys and thought they were pitching the way that they were supposed to be with the exception of Hendricks. So, yeah, in a perfect world, sure, he's your fifth starter, and that's what fifth starters do. They give you five innings. But at this point, and given the money that that was invested in him, you would hope that facing a bad team with a big league, he could a big lead, he could give you more than he gave you. This Hour on the Score is brought to you by Blaine's Farm and Fleet. But I see your point, Bruce. You know, he's yeah. a fifth starter. I, I get mean, that. I, I'm not, I shouldn't, and I'm not making apologies for him because you are correct in your assessment. You're looking at that game. You're looking at uh, that he should be able to cruise with a, a huge lead to begin with. And he struggles. The defense pulls him out. Contreras has the day of his life last year with, uh, yesterday with seven RBI and uh, throws a P down to second base to eliminate a, a potential problem there with the first and second nobody out. Uh, again, uh, if it's your 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 point is against the White Sox or a team that is playing as poorly as the White Sox, you need to do better. Yeah, I mean, I can guarantee you, Bruce, and I don't think I have to sell you on this. I can guarantee you there are players that were standing out on that field yesterday in that miserable weather with the cold and with the rain, and they're and they're wondering what this guy is doing. Like throw a damn strike, okay? I mean, and he did it again in the fifth. When with one out, he walks Adam Angle on a 3-2 pitch. Great at bat for Adam Angle, by the way. But a guy who's hitting, what, 170 or something like that? Right. Then he walks Nicky Delmonico, and here you are again. And I, I guarantee, and again, Joe Madden's not going to say it, but I am guarantee you he's thinking, I could have used a break today. Could have used the, I, I could have used the, this opportunity to give my bullpen a break. And you're messing around out here with these guys. Throw strikes. You got a huge lead. Let's get out of here. It's freezing. It's raining. Let's go home. I mean, I, I, I found that to be um, less than palatable yesterday. But uh, your, your point is a fair one, that he is only supposed to be your fifth starter. Nevertheless, he's a big league starter, and when you've got a lead like that, go ahead and get your job done. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. That's our number for Inside the Clubhouse. We want to talk to you, the great Chicago baseball fans, Sox, Cubs, everything baseball. We're here for you. 52 weeks out of the year from 8 till 10. Barry joining me today for some Cubs and Sox talk as well as the other 28 teams. Barry, uh, when you, you look at uh, the, the Chicago Cubs right now, very streaky. Five wins, five losses, now five wins again. Who are your Chicago Cubs right now? I mean, what is this team? They are a fourth-place team right now, uh, but within a game and a half, the uh, whole division is uh, playing uh, very well, except for the uh, Cincinnati Reds, who are on a four-game winning streak of their own. Got but, a nice start for Matt Harvey last night. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy for Riggs down there, you know, a, a, a Chicago favorite, Jim Riggleman now managing that team. They've won four in a row. It'd be nice if he could get a legitimate chance somewhere. His timing's been awful, hasn't it? It really has, especially for an accomplished uh, baseball man he's like a good, Riggleman. He's, he's a good baseball man. Yes, he is indeed. But uh, with the, the, the way the Cubs' offense have, has been playing, Barry, you just 
you, you just don't really know what you're getting from day to day. Uh, you know, the breakdown of them is interesting. The Cubs offense, let's just take a, a quick look at it. When, uh, when they're scoring 5.4 runs on average per game this year in their 35 games, in the games that they've, um, they've won, there's eight games where they've won 10 runs or more, okay? 12.7 runs per game in that. In their wins this year, they've averaged 7.8 runs. And in their losses, 2.6 runs per game. A, a huge difference uh, of almost five runs per game in their wins and losses. Again, you know, you have 20 wins, you have 15 losses right now. Uh, wins, uh, the 12 wins under 10 runs, they've averaged 4.8 runs per game. Again, their loss is 2.6. So who are your Chicago Cubs? Who, who, what is the real offense of the Chicago Cubs right now? It's hard to really tell. Uh, league-wise, if you're just looking at them, uh, they're up to uh, second in the league in, in runs scored. That's, that's great. You know, you're, you're generally saying the Cubs have a very good offense. But from game to game and from situation to situation, the last five against some really bad teams, what do we have for the offense for the Cubs? Yeah, I think your point is that they have scored a lot of their runs, a huge percentage of their runs, in a small number of games, which is obviously not ideal. It's uh, it's been there's been a lot of all of nothing, all or nothing with them so far this year. But as you and I talked about last week, and as I have mentioned many times this year, I, I don't worry about the Cubs' offense. Uh, I believe they're going to hit. Actually, this week they have started to hit. I believe they're going to hit plenty, and I think that offensively they're going to look a lot like what we thought they were going to look like eventually. What I have been concerned about is the starting pitching and the defense, and I mean that's what that's why they're right, that's why they're at this point or came into this week roughly a 500 team uh, because because their starting pitching has been bad and their defense has been bad, and well, with the, the defense with, has been really bad. Yeah. They've been down by the bottom in the league standings, but you don't need the league standings if you watch the Cubs to realize that. Some of the common plays for uh, guys who are really good, like Baez and uh, even Bryant, have just been uh, kind of botched this year. Some of it's weather-related, uh, but each player said it's better concentration needed. Uh, no no excuses from Baez, no, certainly no excuses from Bryant, who both stood up uh, during the week and said, we need to concentrate better when we're out there. Uh, no excuse for the errors. Bruce, the phone lines are starting to fill up, so let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get to the phones. We'll get to the White Sox side of this as well as we continue to discuss the Cubs. He's Bruce Levine out at Wrigley Field. I'm Barry Rosner. This is Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse. I am Barry Rosner in the Hyundai Studios, downtown Chicago. That is Bruce Levine. He is out at Wrigley Field. Bruce, I'll see you out there, uh, I don't know, maybe what, uh, middle of the second inning, something like that. I'll get there as fast as I can. Okay, are you going to stop for food or eat at the ballpark? I mean, that, uh, that's the key question. You know I don't eat at the ballpark. You know that. I'm not a ballpark food kind of guy. You want me to stop and get you something? Because, I mean, I'm on with Rosenblum until 1245, so you, I could, I'll, I, it's going to be a while before I get there, but I could get you something. A quinoa salad would be nice. Really? Uh, from from where? Uh, Native Foods on Belmont. 
Okay. And, and uh, you know, I I don't go there very often, so it's not a not a plug. But I will. Uh, I get. I, I'll do that for you if you can hook me up with some nice warm soup at Max and Benny's. Because by the Any, time, anytime, you know, they deliver as well. And, but um, by the time we leave the ballpark today, we're we're going to be we're going to be a little chilly, wouldn't you think? A- absolutely, absolutely. A, a bowl of uh, some type of uh, you name it. They have it. We'll get you the mishmash soup. That's that's the favorite. Outstanding. I appreciate it. You want to go to the phones, Bruce? Sounds good, Barry. All right. It is Matt in River North. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Hey, fellas. Hey, Bruce, I had a couple of questions for you. One, an observation about the Cubs. The last three years, they've been the best team in August. Um, I think part of it is because Madden does rest his players, gets everybody involved, and they're fresh come August, and they're ready to roll. So I'm not too worried about them. The other thing is, what did people see in Carson Palmer and Lucas Giolito? Both of them don't throw very hard, and Lopez is so much better than both of them. Uh, you know, I could see him being the top of the rotation guy. Either one of those other two guys, I don't even know if Palmer, you know, he, was he going to be a bullpen guy? You know, I mean, um, he, doesn't, he throws 91 miles an hour. Stuff uh, is not very good. Um, what do you think? Thanks for your call, Matt. Boy, that sounds a lot like Gordon Whitmire, doesn't it, Bruce? It does, but he's very articulate and a good yes. radio voice. Yes. Excellent. Hope he doesn't take my job. Uh, but, where, where, uh, so he wants to know from you, Bruce. Where well, are you? Barry, up? don't take offense. You where, know, this is a show I do every Saturday. So you're, we're, we're lucky to have you in, uh, pinch hitting here, but don't take these things. No, my, my feelings are hurt again, Bruce. Well, That's the know, second your time. Friend Stan and Bellwood, when I'm on with you, will never talk to me either. So I don't take that personally. I think you're wrong. I you think and, Stan. You and Stan have a uh, long-running relationship that I, think Stan, I, I can't really figure out. I think honestly. Stan likes you. I think he really I, does. I don't understand your relationship, so, but it's okay. So where are you on, on Fulmer at this point? You know where I am on Giolito. You and I have talked a lot about it. Where are you on Fulmer at this point? Well, Fulmer, has, uh, he has enough arm. He certainly does, and he has a tremendous amount of bulldog in him, and, and that's a, a lot of why he was the eighth pick in the draft by the White Sox in 2015. There's no quit in the guy. You, you love the desire. It's a very good arm. The secondary pitches aren't uh, all that polished at this point. And the release point, it just doesn't change. From the mechanical point of view, you don't know what you're going to get from start to start. I've talked to him uh, as recently as last week about his mechanics and, and you know losing his release point. And he says, I'm just a challenge type guy. I'm not, I'm not a fine-tuned mechanics type guy. I'm, I'm just a guy who goes out there and challenges people. And you love that. Uh, you love the mentality. But, you, Bruce, is he really always challenging guys? Because here's what I see, and you tell me if I'm seeing this correctly. I see a guy who's trying to be too fine. I see a guy who's just not letting his stuff work. And when he's trying to be too fine, when he's trying to nibble, that's when he gets into trouble. And then it sort of seems to snowball. Then he gets to that point where he doesn't necessarily know how to get himself out of that. I see a lot of it being a mental issue because, like you, I, I think he's got the stuff to pitch in the big leagues. He just misses by too much. I mean, you know, on, on the pitch to uh, Zobris, the, you know, the, the first at bat, he, he, missed by, he missed by a foot, not inches, okay? You know, he drives the ball, you know, a double down the line. That, that's, you know, you know, in the big leagues – the hitters are just going to take advantage of you. They're 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 going to wait for those mistakes, and they're not going to miss them. 
you know, some guys maybe further down that are still developing. Younger guys are going to miss those and follow them off with, you know, their uppercut swings. But, you know, pros like uh, Zobrist and some of these other hitters in the lineups are not going to miss those. And you just can't. You can get away with those mistakes in the minor leagues, Barry, not here. Let's and, take, that's, and Fulmer makes way too many mistakes in location. Uh, sorry, Bruce. Let's take a quick timeout for a scoreboard update, and then we'll get back to a conversation about uh, Fulmer and Lucas Giolito as well. Here's Rick Camp. Thank you, Rick Camp. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Live from the Hyundai Studios, I'm Barry Rosner. Downtown, Bruce Levine is on the north side in Wrigleyville. He's at Wrigley Field. And, Bruce, the uh, the Lucas Giolito thing, I think, continues to confound people. I'll just stay with what I've said for the last month or so, as he has had uh, more downs than ups, but a couple of couple of good outings. I think he's got terrific stuff, and uh, everybody wants. Seems like everybody, Bruce, is trying to compare whoever is around to guys like Lopez or Kopech or Hansen or or uh, uh, you know Rodon or whomever. They seem to want to compare those guys to to the best of the Sox. Not every one of them is going to be a top of the rotation guy. But if Lucas Giolito can find himself in the big leagues, and that may take a year or two or three, could absolutely be part of this rotation. And I am constantly amazed at the lack of patient, patience when it comes to young Sox players. You know, Barry, uh, the, the idea that you have to uh, get your player development finished in the major leagues is not pretty sometimes. Yeah. Okay? And it's not going to be pretty for – Giolito all the time. It's not going to be pretty for Fulmer, and uh, some of them may eventually fall by the wayside. Still, uh, they, they, the staff and Renneria have one job, and that is to prop these guys up, get them out there every five days. Don Cooper has to help work with them with video and mechanics in between starts, concentrating on the positive, eliminating the things that aren't working for them, and it's a very difficult job. Now, you, you have to understand the premise of the White Sox season, Barry. You're starting a season with a rotation with no pitcher that had won more than seven games last year. Okay? So losing is going to be a big part of what you're going to do. Now, how you lose, how the guys develop, what you take for positives out of negatives, uh, that, that's the charge of Renteria and the staff. That's how they're going to have to look at this thing. And it, believe me when I tell you, 35 games into the season after winning only nine ball games, This is already wearing on Renteria, who talked to me uh, yesterday and some of the other media about losing sleep uh, over uh, some of the bullpen things that he's going through. He shouldn't be losing sleep over his bullpen. The fact is is that this team is built to lose yes. right now. It's, yep. suppo- it's supposed to lose. Um, well, do you think he means, Bruce, that – I mean, look, he, he, he can't say it out loud – but he knows who his bad players are. He knows who his few good players are. He knows who his developmental players are. Okay, so he he knows what this this is about. Do you think what causes him to lose sleep is when somebody like Nate Jones does what he did the other day? Because that's not supposed to happen. I don't think I don't think it was a surprise when Soria was bad or will you know? I mean that there's no expectation. Well, Soria is his closer. I, yeah, but he's bad. The day I mean, before he pitched in the sixth inning. There's no, but there's okay. no, there's so, no expectation there because I, you I know, know you know he's bad. But Nate Jones, he expects a little something more from. Do you think that's what it is? What do you 
What do you think is causing him to lose? I, I think the fact that he tries to, you know, you have you have you're you're in a you're in a boat and the holes start, you know, propping up all over the boat. You can't plug them all at the same time. You Soria the day before in the sixth inning to try to stem uh, a rally. Uh, he's not available to you at the end of the game. You use Jones. Those are two. Uh, you're really two most viable guys in your bullpen, right? Uh, you can't use them every day. You can't use them in uh, different roles without paying the price of people like us talking about it and looking at the reality of the situation that you traded five potential all-star relief pitchers last year uh, between uh, the end of July and early August to get your young players uh, more fortified for the future. But when you have a really bad bullpen like the White Sox have right now and a shuttle between Charlotte and Chicago, you're going to lose all kinds of games. Games where your starting pitchers pitch well, and uh, all of a sudden by the seventh or eighth or ninth inning, those leads are gone. Nothing more demoralizing for a team and for player development for young pitchers not to be able to win some of those games. uh, Very tough on the psyche moving forward. So they want to lose. I don't know if they want to lose as badly as they've lost lately. It's, It's just been very difficult for them, very difficult for White Sox fans to watch. Certainly with Mancada and Garcia out for an extended period of time, uh, Garcia and Mancada back next week. You're starting teams that really don't have much of a chance to score a lot of runs. So from the perspective of White Sox fans, you know, the concentration is on young players to look at for the future, but a, a few of them are not around to look at right now. Bruce, let's take a brief break. Lots of people on hold want to talk to us, so we'll do that next. And uh, I have some questions for you, Bruce Levine, about some things that both Joe Madden and Rick Renteria said yesterday. We'll do that next right here on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse. That's Bruce Levine. He's live from Wrigley Field. I am Barry Rosner, live from the Hyundai Studios at the Prudential Building downtown. Bruce uh, I want to get to some things that both managers said yesterday, but we have some people on hold that would like to talk to us. So I think we should do that. How do you feel about that? That's great. As long as it's not Stan from Bellwood. Wow. You know, because he's only going to talk to you. Well, you know, I hope I hope Stan calls in today and and talks only to me then, because Probably I think not. you're. He doesn't listen to the show. You're. <laughs> <laughs> you know who does? You know who listens to both shows? Ron on the south side, and he is on Inside the Clubhouse right now. Hey, Ron. Hey, look, you got that right. Zach told me, he said, Ron, I know this is a special treat for you. <laughs> Both of you guys are on today. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Good morning. Hey, Bruce, I'll talk to you, Bruce. <laughs> hey, a couple of things, guys. First of all, about baseball. When the last time you call an entire division at this late in the season? I know it's still early, just the entire division was playing under 500. That American League. Central is, boy, you're talking about bad, but wow, I just can't recall the last time. But, you know, you all were talking about uh, Giolito and and Farmer. I'm not ready to give up on um, Giolito, and I know it was a small sample back in September, August, September, but he did show that he has the potential. As far as constant former guys, probably at the best, a bullpen guy, long reliever. But I think what's most disappointing is because he was a draft pick. Uh, with Giolito, it came to the trade. And no matter how that turns out with him, it's, I think it's still going to be a pretty good trade with you having Lopez in there. 
But yeah, with uh, college informer, uh, I, I just don't see too much of that. So, and, and last, I want to make this real quick. Uh, one of the biggest disappointments right now with the White Sox, not about the win and losses, Bruce. I listened to you say just watching the individual development. I think it's because Alistair Garcia has been out, and we hope he gets back because you really want to possibly trade him, you know, after coming off the last season. So, um, those are my comments. Thanks, guys. Be- Thank you, Ron. Appreciate well, you know, the phone call. And, Barry, look, when you have a lineup, and with all due respect to uh, Nicky Delmonico, who's worked hard to get to the major leagues and is making himself into a major league player, and Yomar uh, Sanchez, when you have Delmonico leading off and you have Sanchez batting cleanup, you're not going to win too many games, okay? That's, that's, that's not a formula for winning a lot of games. And, again, it's nothing against these guys. Uh, you know, Sanchez gives you a great effort. He's a savvy player and would be a, an excellent player on a, a championship team playing second base somewhere you don't have, batting you don't, eighth. You don't have to apologize, Bruce. I mean, these guys, uh, they've worked hard to get to the big leagues. Congratulations. But on a, on a team that's going to the World Series, none of these guys are – very few of these guys will be here – Although some of them may play, you know, roles that that are helpful to the ball club in yeah, some the point, way. The point is, you know, they're outmanned every day, and they're they're on pace for a record amount of losses. And you know, you don't you don't want to belabor the 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 idea, but I don't think they were built to be this bad. The problem with the White Sox and any of the teams that are not in the mode of contending for a championship is once you lose a starting player or two, you have no you know, top-of-the-line caliber player in your system or on your bench to replace them. So you don't have a replacement for Avisel Garcia when he goes down. You you hit the waiver wires and you bring in, you know, Trace Thompson. You don't have the situations where you can replace Mankata without uh, weakening another position, moving Sanchez over. Again, no diss toward Matt Davidson, who's, you know, had some electric in his bat early, certainly against Kansas City. But, you know, he's not the defensive third baseman you want out there every day. He's more of a DH first baseman. So when you have these weaknesses and then you have injury, uh, it's devastation is what you look at on a daily basis. You think people have forgotten what the Cubs looked like in 2012 I think or, they have. or 2013? I, I, I think they have. I mean, there was a lot of Tony Campana and David DeJesus and Alfonso Soriano and, and Darwin Barney and Travis Wood and Ryan Paul Mahalam, Paul, okay. Ma- Paul Mahalam, Chris Volstad. Yeah. I mean, a good, you know, again, Epstein and Hoyer, you know, stood up tall and said, this is what we're doing, just like Han and Williams are right now. But you still want to stand in the shadows when it's going on because it's painful to watch and it's painful to go through. And you don't know when you're coming out the other side. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I specifically on, on these young pitchers, I, I just, you know, I, I, I know I, I've said this, Bruce, to you many, many times, and we talk about it on Hit and Run every Sunday. I just caution you to be careful. Be careful what you what you think about young guys who have yet to establish themselves in the big leagues, because you know the road to Cooperstown is is paved with guys who struggled and suffered like dogs the first two or three years of their careers. And not suggesting that a guy like Giolito or Fulmer could be that, but the point is you don't know what they're going to be. And what they're trying to do right now is figure it out. You said a few minutes ago, it's really hard to figure out 
how to how to you know fix your career at the major league level, and that's what these guys are having to do. It's no picnic. Yeah, six and fourteen was the number that Greg Maddox had his first year, I believe. There, um, there's there's a lot of guys like yeah, that. I mean, yeah. the the key is the key is do you he see three hundred forty nine games more? <laughs> yeah, he he didn't suck after that. No, but you know, it, but it was tough. And I, the the key is, do you see the stuff? Right. Do you see big league stuff? Getting you know, getting the most out of the players has been uh, the process for Renteria and company. But not not putting up with the lack of hustle has been something else. Uh, he pulled Avisel Garcia from a game against the Brewers in spring training for a ball that hit his bat. And he didn't hustle on. The other day, he pulled out, um, he pulled out Leori Garcia for uh, not hustling out a bunt. Let's listen to uh, Rick Renteria talking about what he expects the team to learn from a guy like Garcia being pulled out, and what they feel uh, this is going to accomplish in the future for the team. And you know, that's a difficult part is getting these guys to concentrate sometimes when things are going really bad. And and that's the that's certainly the most the number one thing for uh Renteria and his staff is to make sure that they keep everybody's attention. There was a, a time about two weeks ago when Mancata was pulled from the game, they said there was a hamstring issue, but there was also some lethargic play out there prior to that. Uh they didn't say that he was pulled from the game because of that, well, uh, originally next day he yeah, was in the lineup. Originally, they said it was manager decision, and then after the game, Renteria said it was hamstring, and then there was some confusion about it. Uh, could have been both, I guess, huh, Bruce? I guess the, the point here is that uh, how you know you could watch an entire Cub game and see ground balls and fly balls hit, and sometimes not see a guy run out ninety. And it's okay if you're winning the ball games and you're a championship caliber team and you're uh, you're you're in a different mode. With the White Sox, the concentration's on every at bat to watch to see if these guys are professionally doing their job. And certainly, Renneria and his staff have to do that just to keep these guys' attention and make make sure that it doesn't permeate through the rest of the clubhouse. Joe Madden yesterday in his pregame talked about the same thing in Tampa, Barry, where he said. Yeah, I pulled guys. I pulled guys out that didn't hustle when we were bad early on. He said I had to do it. I said normally you can find guys and have conversations with them about it, but at that point we were trying to set a tone here for the future. We couldn't allow it to happen, and the same things happening with Renteria and the White Sox. Madden talked at length about how his mentor Bob Clear who was a great coach in the uh, in the Angels organization, and his mentor said, don't ever, you know, don't pull guys off the field if they don't hustle. Find them, talk to them later. But he said, taking over these teams that are going to lose 100 games, you have to make the point so it just doesn't permeate through. Yeah, I noticed both managers uh, yesterday were talking as well about having an influence in the clubhouse, having players who can speak to other players, and it's... You know, th- this is as old as baseball itself. If the message is delivered from a teammate, especially a veteran teammate who does his job properly, not one who does it, because then there is no message. But if it's a player who does his job properly every day and sets a good example, if that message is coming from that player, it actually resonates better than it does coming from the manager without the manager having to embarrass the player. 
I noticed both managers were talking about that yesterday. Yeah, and, and you're, it's a great point, Barry. Uh, they have about 15 guys in the club, club clubhouse that can pull a guy aside and say, hey, you're not doing it right. It, it never even gets to Madden at this point. I'm telling you, that's, that's what uh, began here with uh, you know, Rizzo and Bryant and particularly David Ross when he came in, that uh, people don't accept it from their other players. With the White Sox, they don't have many players that can do that. They don't have the cachet of time spent in the big leagues, uh, status. You know, you have Abreu. And then how many others do you have out there? Maybe maybe uh, Castillo, the catcher, that have the the service time and the credibility to go up to somebody and say, that's not how we do it around here. Yeah, you know, there's there's no metric for it, Bruce. And honestly, I never thought that I would say this. I mean, I understood... David Ross's impact from from an in-game standpoint, from a managing standpoint, because he was he had a huge role in managing that pitching staff and a huge role in managing the catchers and a huge role in keeping the communication open between all of them. But in terms of what it, the other things he did in the clubhouse, I never would have thought they were going to miss him as much as they did last year, honestly. And they have. Uh, and again, they have great leadership on the Cubs. Uh, but, uh, you know, for a backup catcher to be able to get in the face of a star or a superstar and say, you know what, your approach there, uh, you're not giving us what we need, you know, clean it up. I mean, that, you know, you, you have to have an awful lot of uh, service time and respect in a clubhouse before that can get done. And the White Sox are still trying to identify those players that they will bring in that will be a part of it. Some of these young players will be those leaders themselves, but it's not there. It's mostly on Renteria and the staff and maybe Abreu, and, and that's about it right now. Bruce, what's happening with the weather at Wrigley Field at the moment? Well, the uh, TARP guys, being the uh, grounds crew, are uh, looking at it right now. They're, they want to pull it off. It's clearing up a little bit. Um, I think they, it's not, not raining very hard, so uh, right now they'll probably do the old Roger Bossard routine of pulling the TARP up all the way toward the infield, and putting a sand underneath, uh, you know, putting stuff for later so they can spread it out once they take it off. Uh, Roger, of course, the very best of the best in what they do. And he built this field, by the way, as well. So that's where we're at there. Barry, we're going to have to take a break. But when we come back, Theo Epstein was on our air this week, uh, as we always have either him or uh Judd Hoyer on every week and talked about uh, Manny Machado, not directly, but indirectly about maybe that type of player is not going to be a part of the mix going forward for the Cubs. We'll hear from him. All right. We'll hear that. Uh, We'll discuss it and we'll continue to take your phone calls. Lots of people want to talk to us, Bruce. So we'll do that next. That's Bruce Levine at Wrigley Field. I'm Barry Rosner. This is Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 